Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi, this is Tony Cotty, and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. You are listening to the We Are West End podcast, and just a little bit like last week, we've had to do things a little bit differently. This time around, work's got in the way for both myself and Will. Um, the podcast has been a bit up in the air this week, but still had to bring you the opposition view so without further ado we'll get back into it and I'll give you some final thoughts afterwards but this week joining us ahead of Manchester City at home on Sunday the 15th of May 2pm kickoff at London Stadium it's friend of mine and friend of the show Stephen Tudor from the 9320 pod enjoy Okay, so now I'm joined by a good friend of mine, good friend of the show as well, a uh, massive City fan uh, from the 93-20 pod on uh, a huge occasion, actually, on the anniversary day of that Aguero goal at the 93rd minute and 20 seconds of that huge QPR game, the, t- the day the City won the title 10 years ago today. It's Steve Tudor. How are you, mate? I'm very good, mate. Yeah, um, it's brought back all, me- all the memories today. And 10 years on, still can't believe it. Yeah, I mean, I can't even believe it's already been 10 years. It's, it seems like so much has happened in those 10 years, both on yeah. and off the football pitch, that it, it almost seems like yesterday, because that goal is almost like every time I go on Twitter, someone's tweeted that goal again. So it's just always always at the front, forefront of your, uh, of your mind. So 10 years is, is pretty mad. And what a journey, mate, since then. It's been unbelievable. Uh, numerous league titles, um, numerous trophies, Pat Guardiola. I mean, that's mm. what I thought. Yeah. Um, so no one could have foreseen that, but I mean, a decade on, I still think it's going to hit the post. So every time <laughs> I watch it, honestly, every time, or the thought goes through my mind, what would have happened if it hit the mm. post? Yeah, it's crazy, crazy. What what a moment! Definitely the the best moment in Premier League history for me. Um, nothing so to really that. kind of um, to show how much we've kind of moved on or regressed, prop is possibly the right word uh, in that time. 
if you go on a Liverpool forum from that day, because obviously they were so chuffed that we, you know, deprived United of a title, and they were so pleased for us. I mean, they genuinely <laughs> were so pleased for us. Can you imagine that happening today? Ten years I know, out? I know. We're going to get onto that rivalry in a bit, actually. So I want to ask <laughs> you about that. But first up, bring back to present day. You're on the verge of potentially another mm. title. Two games away from from what is it? Fifth, fifth sixth title. Yeah, it'll be the fifth in six years, is it? Yeah, we've no, so we've done three and four, so it'll be four and five. Incredible. And Liverpool seem to be kind of just slightly going off the board mm. a little bit. They've got a lot more to think about than than you guys. But yeah. do you think you're gonna do it? Do you think that obviously you've got to, you've got to play the mighty West Ham first, but do you, do you think it's yeah. in the bag? No, no, because we've got to play the mighty West Ham. I mean, <laughs> honestly, though, in, in the build-up to this, I mean, after we played Liverpool, it was a case of, right, we both now go our separate ways with a handful of games left, and everyone identified Wolves away as the problem game for City. It's like, mm-hmm. wait a minute, straight away after that, we've got the Amers away. That's a far trickier game. Um, I certainly didn't expect to, to, you know, batter Wolves as we did 5-1. No one does that to Wolves at Molyneux. Um, but I was quietly confident. This game, I'm not, because you guys are going for top six. You're mm. just in great shape right now. Um, you've caused us problems of late as well. So, and, you know, as we'll come to very shortly, we don't have a defence. We have yeah. no defenders to speak of. So there's a lot to be kind of, you know, worried about. As regards to the title as a whole, we can afford to drop points. We can afford to draw um, and then obviously beat Villa hopefully next week. So, I do fancy us for the title, but I'm not at all confident about the weekend, no. I mean, you're certainly probably playing... You may have been probably a little bit annoyed that we didn't reach the Europa League final, because obviously that's the yeah. next week. Yeah, yeah. And had we got there, then it would have been the kids against against City on Sunday, because we'd have been able to worry about um, Seville in three days later. But it's going to be a, a full-strength side, because as you said, we're going for six. But we'll get on to that. One thing I was quite surprised about was the way City have bounced back since that defeat to Real Madrid mm. in the second leg and the manner of that defeat and how heartbreaking it, it must have been and how, not just for the fans, but for the players as well. And Pep and Pep even admitted after that you know, it's going to take a bit of time to get over that and the disappointment yeah. in the manner that it happened. But you've bounced back and, and scored 10 goals in two games against Newcastle and Wolves. There's that, there's that quote, I think I've got the right quote, but it's, you know, it's nothing more dangerous than a wounded animal. Yeah. Do you think Do you think that's the case here, is that you know, City have so wounded from what happened at the Bernabeu that now it's like, do you know what, let's just get the job done now. No one's going to get in our, way from, in our way for that title. Definitely. It was two ways it could have gone. And I did a podcast straight after the Madrid game. And I basically said, I really, really hope that they're hurting and I really hope that they're, they're angry. Um, and that they take it out on the Premier League. And that's precisely what we've done. I don't know if this fact is true. It was, it was, it's an opta stat. It has to be correct. It just sounds so inconceivable, this. But we are the first top-flight club ever to have gone five games uh, consecutively, winning by three-plus goal margin. You, surely that's happened before in like the 1920s or something when you used to get those mm. ridiculous score lines. But apparently, it's never been done before. It's not going to happen this weekend. We're not going to continue it. But it just shows what the response has been. It's been so comprehensive. It's been so angry. Um, We've just been taking it out on sides. And that's exactly the right response. And to be fair, that was the response I kind of anticipated because that is in the makeup of this squad. Mm. Uh, We've seen time and time again, 
Um, I know there's enough to be kind of, you know, um, complimenting City about. So I, I understand why it's not mentioned much, but the mentality of this squad is absolutely elite. I mean, it really is. They just go again and again and again. They're relentless. Mm. Um, so I, I, I hope that that would be a reaction, and it certainly has been. It's just they're really pissed off. I mean, you're seeing Kevin De Bruyne at Molyneux. I mean, he was just a one-man army. He, he, yeah. When Wolves um, equalised, he was furious. And that's exactly the response you want to get in that tight kind of title race. Yeah, I'd, I'd noticed the way the way in which he celebrated those goals as well. He looked angry mm. <laughs> with the goal. I, was, I, was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't recall him even smiling. With, 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 even with the yeah. fourth win in, he didn't, he didn't seem too happy about it. Um, let's, let's touch on that that rivalry with Liverpool quickly, Steve, in that before we played what, twice in a week, played the Premier League and then the semi-final of the mm. FA Cup as well. I see a lot on Twitter about people claiming this is the best, the best Premier League rivalry ever. Mm. They're they're unrivaled. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not taking anything away from how good United were back in the day, or Arsenal were the Invincibles and all the rest of it, of course. But they are phenomenal, both of these football teams. But the managers get on and they're quite respectful to each other. And let's yeah. face it, a big part of the Arsenal United rivalry was Wenger and Ferguson. And had City beat Real Madrid and had there been a Champions League final between City and Liverpool, mm. that would have really just established it as one of the all-time rivals. Um, and it may happen, it may happen again next year, you just don't know. But you're absolutely right. Kind of Liverpool have been there or thereabouts now for three or four years. They've had one drop-off season. They've had one season where they lost one full season and still somehow we managed to win the league that year. Um, and of course, they had their, their great kind of title winning season. And they're, they're back again. They are incredible. I'm not taking anything away from that. But mm. City have got the longevity. And it's, until Liverpool have that longevity, then I think we'll always lord it over them, no matter how good they are. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely up there. It's, it's a truly great modern rivalry. But... Yeah, until the managers have a few little snipes at each other, that's what really makes it interesting for me. Well, that's it. I mean, when I think of greatest ever Premier League rivalries, I think of United, Arsenal in the early 2000s. Yeah. You know, I think Arsenal, Chelsea, Mourinho, Wenger. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, at the moment, I don't currently think of City, Liverpool on the pitch, 100%, but as, as just all-round fierce yeah. rivalries. I think it needs to go on for a few more years yet. Um, and I think we're going to move on to probably the biggest news coming out of City over the last week or so is Erling Haaland and mm. how how managing to sign in, first of all, for 60 million quid, which is, you know, just ridiculous fee for a player that good. Um, and ridiculous yeah. in that, I mean, it's pocket money, isn't it, really? Must be buzzing that you didn't spend £100 million on Harry Kane last summer. Yeah. And does this then kind of put you then, you're going to be favourites again next year, but that's one up on Liverpool already, isn't it, ahead of next season? Yeah, and they've got the Mane and the Salah situation and the Firmino yeah. situation, which I know they've brought in Jota and I know they've got Diaz, but they still need at least one or two strikers, which cost a fortune in, in today's market. So what, are they prepared to, to go out and spend that kind of money? Um, I'm not so sure. So they may well just take one step back from that. Uh, we may well kind of, you know, progress from Haaland. There's a few people out there suggesting that he's going to be another Lukaku and not be a good fit. Um, at City, I kind of disagree with that. Um, but we'll see. It might well happen. It might backfire. But right now, I'm just buzzing to have him. It's unbelievable. He's a generational talent. He's he's a freak of nature. Mm. Um, and let's see, because if it clicks, 
And if he does score all his goals, because the thing is, I mean, City's goal scoring this season is phenomenal. Um, no one's outscored his in all of Europe. And we've done it without a centre forward. I mean, that's down to Pep Guardiola, that's down to his genius. But we're also wasting a lot of chances, as daft as it sounds. We, we are wasteful. So if some of them go in, courtesy Haaland, how many goals is he going to score? Christ. Mm. I mean, it, it, it terrifies me already. I mean, knowing how, how many goals City do tend to score against West Ham and then having, <laughs> and then having Erling Haaland up against Craig Dawson next season, as much as I love Craig right. Dawson. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same it's, yeah. it's worrying. It really is worrying because, as you said, he is a freak of nature. He's just uh, yeah. never, I've never, never seen anything like him, really. He's just completely different. No, I found out yesterday, and I don't know if this is true. This was kind of told to me in the pub last night, but apparently Everton had him when he was 16. Uh, for really? a whole week as well, and they turned him down. Oh, my word. <laughs> I know, yeah. But, That's uh, such a typical Everton thing to do. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, probably had uh, like a growth spurt soon after, and, you know, he, but, yeah, even so, God, surely it was Everton at that age. Madness, madness. In, in terms of the fact you're going for 60 million quid, though, that then surely frees up, you know, mm. an opportunity to spend big elsewhere in the squad that, that you might need. Um, yeah. You mentioned the, the defensive injuries, and we'll get onto that in a minute. Previewing the game, it's, it's worried me a little bit in terms of uh, Declan Rice's situation because yeah. you know Rodri's good, Fernandinho's what about fifty years old now? I think he's leaving. Yeah, he's yeah. leaving. It at the moment, there's only really one club in my eyes, given what's happening at Chelsea, that who mm. can afford the price tag that West Ham have, have rightly put on Rice's shoulders. Yeah, do you think there's now risk, given that Harlan's been a bit of a snip at sixty million that? Pep might go. I'm going to go for. I'm going to go for Rice this summer. It's that position and it's that kind of player that we're after. So mm. it's whether it's Rice or, or someone else. Certainly, I can say that it's that, exactly that kind of player that we're after. Um, with Fernandinho leaving, um, just to take some of the pressure off Rodri, because obviously over a you know seventy game season, if he, if he gets injured in September or something, you know we won't have anyone else. So um, not that Rice would be. Kind of, you know, a backup to Rodri is too good for that anyway. But that's possibly why I think we won't go for Declan because he is that level above what we'd be after. Possibly it would be someone at a level below who could, who, I wouldn't be happy to be back up, but would, you know, could do a job. For a bit. Yeah, to do yeah. a job. Yeah. Whereas Rice would be a starter and we've got Rodri. So we can't play two players in that position, obviously. Um, but you're absolutely right as regards to the financial implications because we do have kind of a hundred million pounds to spend essentially mm. now on top of Haaland. Um, but we are after kind of a specialist fullback as well, and they don't come cheap. So we'll have to wait and see. You can reel United out, can't we? I mean, 100%. Yeah. yeah. So without United, and you're absolutely right about Chelsea, then I can't also see him going abroad. So who else is there? It, it's City or, or staying at West Ham. Um, I, I'd, I'd rather he stayed at West Ham, frankly. I don't want to see Declan Rice play, you know, a handful of games next season at City, having cost £100 million. I don't want that flack and I don't want to fall out of West Ham fans because we've got such a good <laughs> relationship. So I'd rather yeah. it didn't happen, honestly. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, if I had a pick, if I could pick who he went to, because you know, we've all come to terms with the fact that, you know, he's, he's going to leave if it's not this summer. It'll be maybe January or, or next summer. Um, I'd rather him go to City than any, anywhere else. And you're right, I don't think he's suited to continental football. 
no, um, no. Uh, Real Madrid have been touted. He doesn't he doesn't fit in well at Real Madrid, I don't think. Um, but yeah, I, I see him in a City shirt as well. When I think about it, I see him in a City shirt, which mm. frustrates me a little bit, knowing that you've got still got money to spend. And I'm like, just one more year, just back off a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, I get that. And I think he'll get the captaincy if he stays, because obviously Noble's retiring. Um, so well, fingers I, crossed. Will if if Rice stays, will you have money to spend this summer? Yes. To invest? Right. Yeah. Well, okay. we, well, we've just had some investment from um, one of the richest men in uh, Czech Republic. Right. He's he's worth more than the guys buying Chelsea. Um, right. He's, okay. he's bought twenty seven percent of the club, and he's already said, well, "I'm going to I'm going to whack some money in the coffers." So we'll have money to spend. Whether we can trust uh, David Salomon to spend it correctly is a completely different matter. <laughs> so it's still up in the air whether you know he might get he might have the money, but will he spend it? And we know how fruit, um, how careful David Moyes yeah, is yeah. in the window. But we'll see, we'll see. But yeah. let's look ahead to this this Sunday's game. Um, City lost at the London Stadium for the first ever time. I mean, lost. I mean, it was a penalty shootout. It was a goalless draw, it's but yeah, yeah. Um, which ended your. Your love affair with the Carabao, five year love affair with the Carabao Cup. <laughs> that that um, hurt more than the Real Madrid game. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> I'll bet. But you've still won five out of your seven visits and you scored 23 goals and see just two since you moved into that stadium. Mm. I know you said at the beginning that you know, you, you're not as confident as perhaps you you, know, you were going into other games previously. You know, do you st- still think there's enough about you, even without a defence, to, to extend that record? <sighs> See, you'll know far more about this than myself, but my feeling from the outside looking in is that it was easier to play at West Ham and it suited us to play at West Ham in seasons past. Mm. Big, lovely stadium, big, lovely pitch. The fans kind of, you know, quite distant to the kind of, to the action, you know, noise, but not an intimidating atmosphere. That seems to be changed now. I mean, you can tell me if if I'm right or not, but it just does seem to be a, a more a harder place to go and play at now, whereas it used to be, you know, quite a pleasant day, frankly, and, and you know, against a good team who used to come and play open football against us. All the elements were there for us, you know, it suited us. Now, you know, that's not the case. You don't want to go and play at West Ham. It's it's a very hard place to go to. Yeah, we've, we, this is the season where it really feels like home. Yeah. yeah. Um, not, not Upton Park home, but it, it feels more yeah. like home for West Ham fans. And that's because, and I said it right at the beginning, and I might have even said it to you in the past, that all we needed was good memories there. We needed a bit of success there. We needed some some big nights yeah. for in order for us to really kind of take to it and, and begin to accept it. And we've had that this season and last season, although yeah. most of last season was behind closed doors. But, you know, we've beaten Seville there in one of the best nights we've had there since we moved. Um, you know, we, we had a good result against Leon. We've beaten... You guys there this season, we've beaten Spurs, um, Liverpool, yes. Chelsea there. So we've had some big nights and um, barring the last two games against Arsenal and Frankfurt, we we, we, did very, we hadn't lost at home for a, a long time. Mm. Um, and I think we've only failed to score in a home game twice since um, what midway through last season, I think. Mm. So we're, we're getting there at home. And the good thing about what David Moyes has done is that we don't get thrashed anymore. Yeah, exactly. I hope that doesn't change Absolutely. on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. we, you know, I think we've lost by two or more goals just twice all season against yeah. Brentford and um, uh, Brentford, Arsenal, and Spurs. 
other than that, you know, it's it tends to be tight games. You know, we haven't conceded more than three goals, and I can't remember the last time we did that in one game. So we are certainly harder to beat, particularly at home. Um, but given that City are going for the title, I know you said you can, you, you can well, afford to drop points, but yeah, uh, and the fact that you are you seem to be so angry at the moment and so just <laughs> hell bent on just wiping any anyone who gets in your way, you're just going to absolutely thrash them. Yeah. But the, defensively. It looks like it's going to be a Rodri and Aki centre-back pairing. It's not good, mate. I mean, Aki isn't fit. He's, he's half fit. Um, he's right. got an ankle problem. Um, I don't know if I'm speaking out of school here, but, I'll, you know, it's not really kind of released by the club. But this ankle problem is kind of very similar to what David Silva had for a right. whole season, where he, he could play, but it was always with painkiller injections and he just, you know, hobbled through the season. That's Nathan Aki this season. So even if he plays and you've got Rodri, who was... To my mind, I think he's played at the back once for one half of City. Um, it's not a familiar role for him. Um, he's not really a player blessed with too much pace either. Um, so we could get turned. Um, and then, of course, we'd, we'd have to kind of... Um, that would mean that Fernandinho isn't available, so we'd have to play Gundo in, in the middle in a holding role, um, which is fine. He's, he's great at that role, but Gundo and, and De Bruyne in the same midfield just never tends to be as impactful as it, it does if they play separately. There's problems throughout that team, really, and it all stems from the back, uh, and it all stems from personnel. So, not application, obviously. So, yeah, it, it's there's reasons to be fearful. Um, it's just come at the worst possible time. Mm. Um, whether it's enough to get us over the line, I believe it will, but we didn't need this complication, you know, and and, mm. and it really is complication. The idea of Bowen uh, Antonio going up against, you know, Rodri and um, Ake. That doesn't fill me with confidence at all. Well, that was that was going to be my next question: is that you know, given the what's argued was probably going to be a makeshift defence, mm. uh, particularly in the centre of defence, with you know Bowen's just been nominated for player, one of the players of the season. Yeah, and Antonio, you know, he scored like his goal scoring form hasn't been great. He did score last weekend against Norwich, but even when he's not scoring, he's causing defence's problems. Yeah, yeah. And you've got yeah. Lanzini and Ben Rama who who are beginning to. You know, hit a bit of form. Antony's been good all season. Ben Rama scored two last week. That's that's the key for West Ham. Hundred percent is to is to target that defence. But it's yeah. all going to be about City's attack, isn't it? It always is. Well, someone mentioned earlier, so I'm not taking credit for this because I think it's absolutely bang on. We're just going to have to Kevin Keegan it. You know, from, from the next <laughs> two games, we are. And it's just back in the day when he was at City, and it was a case of okay, you score two, we'll score three. Um, yeah. The best bet for this weekend is to back West Ham and City, both teams to score, because yep. it will happen. Um, and yeah, whether it's 2-1, 3-2, I'll, I'll always back City, you know, in a game like this. But yeah, it's not going to be easy by any stretch. And it's certainly not going to be kind of a, um, the same as previous games where we've been steamrolling teams. That's mm. just not going to happen. It's just not. Well, it's comforting to hear that, mate, because um, I've been, I've been just seeing you smash everyone and just thinking, oh, God, that's, it's our turn on Sunday. It's yeah, our turn. No. Um, and obviously, we need the point. Probably just need one point to guarantee seventh at least, but it'd be nice to beat United and, and, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and condemn United yeah. to Conference League football and we can snatch Europa League again for, for another year. That'd be nice, wouldn't yeah. it? Uh, maybe that's what City can do. They can they can do, us, do, us, do everyone a favour. It would, um, yeah, yeah. It crossed my mind that you know, <laughs> if you were playing anyone else this this weekend, I'd be you know, rooting for you. But um, yeah, we just just in case of a slip up against Villa. Yeah, fair yeah. Play. <laughs> fair play. Let's have a score prediction then, Steve. How do you think it's going to go? You said both teams to score. 
I think 2-1. Uh, it could very conceivably be a ridiculous 3-2 or something, um, but I'll, I'll go play it safe and say 2-1 City. Well, I'm going to... I'm gonna I'm gonna stay faithful. I don't think we'll win, but I think both as you said both teams will score. I'm gonna go for a Desmond two two. Yeah. Um, it's, it's my favourite prediction, um, and I think <laughs> that certainly will be goals. Um, yeah. And Bowen Bowen's just on fire at the moment, and I really think he's gonna he'll be on the score sheet. So, uh, but yeah, no, Steve, thanks for thanks for joining us, mate. Pleasure, mate. Um, it's always a pleasure having you on. Um, good luck for the title race. Not so much I'm for Sunday, but <laughs> yes. hopefully, hopefully we're both we're both happy. Come next weekend, uh, yeah. what sort of what six o'clock ne- next Sunday afternoon? But Steve, really appreciate appreciate you coming on. I'm going to let you go Definitely. now, and you can celebrate the ten year anniversary of that Aguero goal. A bit more crack a beer open. It is past midday now, so um, yeah, yeah, it's allowed. You, yeah. You, yeah. you can definitely have a pint and <laughs> uh, and and relive it all over again. Um, but appreciate you coming on, mate, and stay with us because we've got some final thoughts next. So there we have it. Steve isn't, he's confident of City doing it and winning the title and getting a result on Sunday at London Stadium, but he quite clearly admits that it's not going to be as easy as it has been for City in previous years. We all know how terrifying it has been to, to host City at London Stadium. Uh, but as I said, David Moyes has made us a lot harder to beat. We don't tend to get thrashed anymore. I hope I haven't jinxed that by saying it, but it's going to be tight. It's going to be close. Um, hopefully we can get a draw out of it, do each other a favour going into that last weekend of the season next week. But that's pretty much it for this week. Hopefully we'll be back to normal with a, with a full and normal pod next week. But it's going to be an emotional one this Sunday. It's going to be it's going to be hard to take with, with Mark Noble hanging up his boots at the end of the season, his last home game at London Stadium in Claret and Blue. If you're going, make sure you give him a good send-off. I'll be there. I'll probably be in tears. You know me. Um, but he deserves the very best send-off we can give him and I'm sure the club have got a fair amount planned but before I go let's do some housekeeping hopefully I can make Will proud with this but as you all know you know, if you enjoy what we do you can you can buy us a pint at buymeacoffee.com forward slash we are West Ham we say it every week that money either goes on pints as per what it says or it goes on equipment uh, microphones, software, anything we need to ensure that we can make the pod better for you guys. Um, if you don't already, make sure you subscribe um, on all our all the major podcast platforms. You know we're on we're on Spotify, we're on Apple, we're on Google, you name it, we're on it. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at we are underscore West Ham. You can like us on Facebook, just search we are West Ham Pod, and we're also on Instagram at we are West Ham Pod. And if you fancy give us an email we are westhampod at gmail.com let us know if there's any improvements we should be making you know, if you want to just drop in and say hello uh, if you've got something to say about recent pods or what's going on at the hammers at the moment drop us an email and we'll be happy to read out in future shows that's it for me this week very very close to to another european qualification let's hope we do it west ham are still absolutely massive and we'll see you next week Hi, this is Tony Cotty, and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. Sports 
Social Podcast Network.